Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Chan Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult. Be sure to follow the link in the description after today's episode for more information about today's article and to claim CME credit. This podcast is brought to you by PrimeMed. Arthur is a 79-year-old male patient who was recently diagnosed with dementia. He is still able to live with his partner and complete his ADLs independently, but he's becoming more forgetful and they are looking for help. Arthur and his partner come in for a discussion about his chronic knee pain, secondary to osteoarthritis. He's tried physical therapy, some topical treatments, and over-the-counter pain relievers with minimal success. He's having trouble getting around the home because of his pain. He and his partner hope you can prescribe him something that will help reduce his discomfort. Hi, this is Frank Domino, and joining me this morning is Jillian Joseph, instructor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the UMass Chan Medical School and adjunct faculty in the Department of PA Studies at the MCPHS University, both in Worcester, Massachusetts. Jillian is also the course chair for PrimeMed's Primary Care Boot Camp for nurse practitioners and PAs, an on-demand curriculum that helps early career clinicians build confidence, hone skills, and succeed. Good morning, Jillian. Good morning, Frank. Ah, poor Arthur. Uh, My heart goes out to him. As if things weren't bad enough, he's developing dementia, and he's got quite severe osteoarthritis pain. Uh, Joint pain in general is common as we age, as I know myself. Um, What are the best treatment modalities for these sorts of pains? Mm-hmm. As our patient population is aging, we're definitely seeing more of this exact case, right? Like chronic joint pain from osteoarthritis in Arthur and so many other patients' uh, examples. So in my personal practice, managing pain related to OA is really about quality of life for the patient. What are the patient's goals for therapy? What are they hoping to do in the future that they aren't able to do now because of their pain? We can start with things like topical treatments, over-the-counter therapies like diclofenac gel or topical rubs like Tiger Balm, Bengay, or Icy Hot. Those can all help to provide some short-term relief. Some patients like to use topical lidocaine patches too, which are available both by prescription or over-the-counter. And our over-the-counter oral pain relievers are very appropriate uh, as long as the benefit outweighs the risk. We also have to consider physical or occupational therapy, especially in cases of overall deconditioning or if we need to have some strengthening around the joint. And the occupational therapy can really be helpful for adaptations at home if needed as well. Alternative therapies like TENS units, acupuncture or acupressure or biofeedback models can also be really helpful, but sometimes hard to find or even afford. Intraarticular injections of steroids or hyaluronic acids are sometimes good temporizing measures as well. Many patients, though, end up with prescriptions for opioids, either for short-term relief or as part of a long-term chronic pain management plan, though we know these are not without significant risk. If the joint's significantly damaged and patient's a good candidate, joint replacement is no walk in the park but can really be life-changing for people. Well, I, I I agree. You have to get pretty far down the road to, to go for the joint 
replacement uh, tracks. Certainly, I, I've known that. And I'm glad you mentioned TENS. I was really surprised after my total knee replacement how the recommendation came to try TENS, and it, it made a good difference. But po- opioids, I mean, Arthur's already got some dementia. What are the best practices around opioid prescriptions for pain management? Yeah, regardless of whether patients have dementia or not, you know, sometimes opioids are the right option for people with ongoing pain and finding the right patient for opioid management is often the most difficult part. So we have to be aware of their history of mood disorders, past substance use or misuse, and have a good picture of their overall health in order to make good decisions around opioids. But there are a few validated risk assessment tools that can be very helpful. So ORT is the opioid risk tool. SOAP with two Ps is the screener and opioid assessment for patients with pain. And those can be readily administered in the office to really help you risk stratify when you're thinking about who is a good candidate for opioid management. Really careful discussions with patients around risks, benefits, expectations for treatment are crucial, as are discussing discussing expectations for behaviors and responsibly storing medications. We in my office and many others I know document this discussion in a patient-provider agreement. So if you're going to prescribe, be sure to use the lowest dose possible for the shortest amount of time and consider co-prescription of naloxone in case of overdose. Wow. Yeah. I mean, naloxone's a, a good point. Uh, it's just one of the many risks. Um, what are some of the other risks for seniors like Arthur? Yeah, especially those who maybe have uh, early onset or even more advanced dementia, our older patients are at risk for polypharmacy at baseline, right? And then if we add in opioids, it really can complicate things, especially if they have other conditions like COPD that alter their respiratory drive. We worry about unintentional overdose, unsafe storage, medication being stolen or misused, the things that we would worry about for any patient with opioid prescriptions. So in 2023, there was the Alzheimer's Association International Conference, which was held in Amsterdam in June, and they had an interesting study presented that highlighted significantly increased mortality for older patients with dementia and an opioid prescription. So they looked at over 75,000 patients over 65 who had a diagnosis of dementia, 42% of which filled a prescription for an opioid. They looked at exposed patients who had the opioid prescription and matched them with up to two unexposed patients based on age and sex, and they examined mortality rate in the 180 days after the initiation of opioid treatment. What they found was that among the patients who had exposure to opioids, 33.7% died within 180 days of getting their first prescription. This compares to only 6.4% of those who weren't exposed to opioids and represents a fourfold increase in mortality. Strong opioids like oxycodone, fentanyl, hydromorphone, and morphine were associated with a six-fold increased mortality risk compared to the risk for weaker opioids. Mortality for all opioid use was greatest in the first 14 days. My goodness, that, that's really remarkable. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, mortality risk from an intervention that probably many of us feel is pretty commonplace. What can we do to help Arthur today? 
Yeah, it's tough. And there might not be a right answer right now, but having thoughtful discussions with the patient, his partner, maybe some of the folks in their family who are providing support, that's a great place to start. Uh, He might be better off with injections in the knee and maybe some alternative therapies rather than opioids. But if opioids are to be used, we would want to consider using weaker opioids and following the best practices like co-prescription of naloxone and the other things that we talked about earlier. We can't ignore patients' pain, right? And we don't want to undertreat, especially for our aging folks who might have cognitive impairment and may not be able to fully express the location or severity of their pain in an adequate way or in an effective way. So we have to really be thinking about what other tools do we have to provide them with some measure of relief without unnecessarily increasing risks for them. For Arthur, opioids may be part of the solution, but really a comprehensive interprofessional team approach to address his concerns is likely to be the most beneficial for him in the long run. I think you're absolutely right. This is we need a we need an interprofessional team to try to help him out. If he's going to be a candidate for surgery, he's going to need opioids, and as you said, that's going to be a ton of work. So we need to maximize what we can do for him without increasing his risk, especially a fourfold to sixfold risk of, of mortality in the first 180 days. Jillian, really important information. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Practice pointer. Older adults with diagnosis of dementia are often prescribed opioids for pain management, but this can significantly impact their mortality even after two weeks of use. Join us next time when we talk about a new medication for hot flashes, fesolinotent, and its possible adverse effects. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim CME credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, follow the link in the description. To stay up to date on the most recent clinical research and news, please subscribe to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine and be sure to check out PrimeMed.com for additional CME content.